What's happening, everybody? Hi, welcome, welcome back to the Castro Files. Yes, how you doing? welcome. I'm great. How about you? Doing well. Thanks so much for joining us. Sounds like you have a great story for us I have a great tonight. story. It's very sad yeah. story, though, okay. because it's relatively recent that it's happened. Okay. But we'll get into that here in a second. Yeah. You want to share where they can find us? Yeah, go out. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube, of course. Go out, like, subscribe to all of those. Give us a little five-star rating if you don't mind. Or a thumbs up. Out or a thumbs up. Out on iTunes. You'll find it under the bar is open. I forgot to mention this in the last podcast, okay. but you'll find it under the bar is open with Beth and Greg. It's okay. where we push them both out. Everything goes out there. So if you're interested, you want to listen to the audio version. And then, of course, on on uh, Instagram, it's where we post all the pictures for all of the shows. So you'll see if you want to listen along, you can go check it out later on. Or if you're on a cool. road trip or something yeah. like that, like we tend to do, yes. we stockpile podcasts and listen to them on the road yeah exactly yeah. so Ones go check like it out. in common yes yeah absolutely so with the business out of the way let's get into this one yeah so i was the other maybe it's probably like two weeks ago now okay. maybe three weeks ago something like that i was scrolling through netflix and i found the documentary it, it's kind of like a i don't want to call it a documentary it's a reenactment okay. of on Netflix of the Fukushima disaster. It's called The Days. Okay. So you can take your notepad back because I couldn't remember it. Okay. And I remember it being kind of like, I mean, it was insane, right? When I remember exactly where we were at, we were down in Phoenix. We lived in Colorado. We were visiting some friends. And it was right. on March 11th, 2011 is when... Okay. The Fukushima disaster started and kind of kicked off due to a tsunami. Okay. So I'm going to go through a story on that because it really, it brought up some things to talk about as far as like the ghosts of Fukushima. Mm -hmm. And I've seen videos and at the end, I've got a surprise for you guys. It's kind of an interesting one and I'll okay. show you okay. as well. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into it. You ready? Absolutely. All right. So this is as of 2019, this article is from the Milwaukee Independent and it's eight years after Fukushima. So that would be roughly 12 years now. Eight years after the Fukushima disaster, Japan's still haunted by the ghosts of the tsunami. Mm -hmm. It has been eight years since the magnitude 8.9 earthquake in northeastern Japan triggered a massive tsunami that led to a meltdown at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Eight years since radioactive materials from the plant poured into the air and the ocean and began to began making its way towards the coast of the United States, the west coast of the United States. Because of its harsh climate and remoteness, the center from the center to Tohoku, Japan's Northern northeastern region has long been regarded as a, the country's backwater. Along with the reputation comes a set of unflattering stereotypes about its people, and they are uh, that they are taciturn, stubborn, somewhat enigmatic. Rather than speaking their minds, they grit their teeth, bottle up their feelings, and go about their business in yes. gloomy silence. And that That's is very much part the culture. When you watch that document, or like I said, that reenact, whatever, the show, yeah. it is very much like that, right? That's their culture. It's yeah. interesting. <clears throat> but those very traits were seen as an admirable asset in the immediate aftermath of the 11th of March 2020, 2011 disaster that hit Tohoku's coastal communities when a magnitude 9 earthquake was followed by a tsunami. Then a nuclear meltdown at the Fukushima Daiichi reactors. 
Journalists reporting from the, disaster, from the disaster zone commended the resilience of the Tohoku people, marveling at the resilience demonstrated by survivors, many of whom had lost everything. Uncomplaining, they organized themselves at makeshift evacuation centers, queued to receive rations of food, and took care of the weak and wounded. Observers were made to feel that Tohoku, I'm saying it totally wrong and I apologize, okay. Tohoku um, was coping. Richard, La Richard Lloyd Perry's book, Ghosts of the Tsunami, explains, however, that such preconceived ideas about regions and their peoples are no more than half-truths. Other realities existed beneath the surface of the post-disaster life. Lloyd Perry, a Tokyo-based Times journalist, traveled many times to Tohoku in order to understand what was happening in there. The result is a compassionate and piercing look at the communities ravaged by the tsunami, which claimed more than 99% of the day's casualties of 18,500 people. The greatest single loss of life in Japan since the atomic wow. bombing of Nagasaki. Lloyd Perry tries wow. to go inside. So this is almost a little book review. Tries to get inside the heads of those people and finds not so much something wrong as many layers of profound grief. He sees that everyone's grief is different and that it differs in small and subtle ways, according to the circumstances of loss, which makes sense. It also is colored by such factors as how quickly the bodies of family members were recovered and buried. In the case of bodies never found, many survivors sought the help of mediums in the hopes huh. of locating their loved ones. Interesting. This is a very interesting part of yeah. the culture, right? Right. Post-disaster Tohoku be, uh, came to be overpopulated with ghosts, with many reported reports of sightings. This and some, uh, this some believe, was inevitable as the tsunami took the lives of so many people unprepared to relinquish their worldly attachments. Absolutely. Ghost stories were common. A dead woman would visit old friends in their temporary housing and sit down for a cup of tea. Leaving dampness on the cushion she was imagined to have been sitting on. A taxi driver would pick up. We've got this is the video we're going to show at the end. Okay. Taxi driver would pick up a, uh, a man asking to be taken to an address that no longer existed, only to find halfway through the journey that the passenger in the rear of his seat was invisible. He disappeared. That would creep me out. Whew. Right. Whether one believes in the supernatural, it is beside the point. The point, according to one Buddhist priest who exercised many tsunami-induced ghosts, is that people really believed they were seeing them. Tohoku's ghost, quote-unquote ghost problem became so pervasive that uni university academics started cataloging the stories. Oh, wow. While priest, Christian, Shinto, and Buddhist alike found themselves called on repeatedly to quell unhappy spirits. That could, in extreme cases, possess the living. There's another set of spirits that inhabit the pages of Lloyd Perry's book, the ghosts of, Japan, of Japan's political failures at every level of society, from village communities to local authorities to count city and prefectural count, uh, governments, all along the way, the central government that provided, proved unable to respond to the disaster fully. Hmm. Nothing symbolized such failures better than the case of Okawa Primary School, whose story is one of 
is one of the engines powering this book, given that the character of a finely conceived crime fiction or psychological drama. On the day of the disaster, nine schools were overwhelmed by the tsunami. Uh, and of the 75 children who died while at school, 74 were from Okawa Primary, one school. Wow, that's so sad. Right. Their parents wanted to know what accounted for these disturbingly disproportionate odds. After all, there was enough time to, between the issuing of the warning and the arrival of the tsunami for the kids to get out. And at other schools, they had been evacuated already. This one school didn't evacuate in nope. time. Officials accounts, official accounts kept changing, and there seemed to be this reluctance to launch a thorough investigation. Grief-stricken and angry, some parents of the dead Okawa children decided to fight back. They filed a lawsuit against the city and the prefecture uh, governments. But those parents were up against a peculiar kind of historical ghost. The spirit of a powerful state-centered ideology that had proved so useful in Japan's catch-up modernization of the 19th century, after they got blown up, hmm. or prior to them being blown up. The ideology, ideology regards the people as servants of the state. Those who quibble with the official line are seen as, at best, as nuisances, and at worst, as selfish troublemakers. Who, would, who should be ostracized. Could you imagine losing your kid? And then being ostracized. The entire school being gone. Yeah. And then you go Acting and complain. Like it's something you're It's like, what are, you, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. You're going to lose friends if you keep this up. Lose face. That's mm -hmm. like a big thing in Japanese culture in, in many instances. <clears throat> wow. Right? So. Course. In such fault. a statist universe, Lloyd Perry contends that even bad politics is considered a kind of natural disaster, an impersonal misfortune beyond the influence of common men, meant to be helplessly accepted and endured. Just deal with it. Right. The apparent danger is that people stop exercising the power of individual judgment, which can lead to deadly con uh, conformism as was the case with the elderly family who parked their car on a hill after the tsunami warming, warnings and then dutifully walked down the hill to report at an evacuation site only to meet their death. They literally went up where they would have been safe. Why did they come And then down? they were told to come down to the center and then it got wiped out. Think about these things. I don't think I would listen. The same trait, respect for order, a high tolerance threshold, and aversion to making a fuss that made the Tohoku people model evacuees. One might argue, hinder the making of active democratic citizens. I'm not really, not meaning to make this a political, it's just part right. of the article. Right. Yet hardship can ignite the desire to fight for one's rights. And it is little remembered today, but Tohoku has a history of struggling for his democratic dues in the 1870s and, and 1870s and 1880s, when Japan's fledgling civic society was considering what kind of constitution it needed. Tohoku figures who had experienced the region's endemic poverty, inertia and bloody defeat of the 1860s civil war led a grassroots debate the subject of which ranged from whether a female emperor should be installed to a press to press freedom and how a backwater like Tohoku could be integrated into the rest of Japanese society. Huh. These people, because of where they lived, think of backwater. That is such a 
derogatory yes, term. Yes, that's like when you talk about the, the swamps in Louisiana. You think of them the as like, people. oh, they're just rednecks. Yes. You know, it, yeah. it is a derogatory is. term, right? And you think, like, they're highly, I mean, every, I'm not saying that, I shouldn't say that they're highly intelligent, like that's unsuspecting. Right. No, these people ran. Well, it's not even that. It's just that they're human. They're human. Yeah. Right? And you think, it's, it's, it's incredible to me. So... Of all the Toku-inspired democratic movements, the Ichiya, I can't say this one, Itsukashi Constitution is worth noting. This was a proposal in 1881 for a constitution drafted by the Tohoku native. I can't say this name, so I'm not going to. We're just going to call him Takusaburo. Okay. It's pretty darn close. Okay. More than half of its articles are uh, devoted to the people's rights. So... With this, I got to get to the actual part of where people have passed away. Right. So after deaths take place, the deceased person becomes a Hotoke-sama, or someone who is becoming a Buddha. Everyone who has died is a Hotoke-sama. The spirit then progresses to the other side. At Oban, the festival of the dead, the spirit comes back. But the spirit can be vulnerable, especially if the person has died under bad circumstances. If the spirit does not receive proper proper funeral services and burial cream, it's like kind of slash cremation, it becomes a gaki or a hungry ghost. The family must tend the iha, ihai, Sorry, if I'm, bru- uh, <laughs> I'm brutalizing these words. You're doing your best. Burial tablets housed in the Buddhist uh, but, Butsudan God Shelf, a kind of cupboard. This care for the ancestors must be carried out every single day. Wow. If that doesn't happen, connections with the ancestors will be lost. After the tsunami, the Butsudans and Ihai were scattered and lost. They vanished, meaning they're. Imagine an altar right. in your house where you, you know, you right. light candles or you light incense, or you do those sorts of things and they pray to them. Well, every they do that every day. day. They right. provide, but it's generally in your house. It's not like you're going to a cemetery. Right. No, cemetery. they have a separate little worship altar. area. Yeah, altar. Worship. Good. Yeah. yeah. Right. They all washed away. Okay. And that's how you kept your connection to, to your family, your prior, the spirits of your right, ancestors. Right. So to my mom or to my grandmother or right. to whomever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the ancestors were all gone. All gone. A terrible thing. Like being orphaned in reverse, meaning right. they were missing. For an extended discussion on the theology of the cult of ancestors, read Robert J. Smith's Ancestor Worship in Contemporary Japan. Anyway. So this also asks, you've pointed out the dead in Japan are not as dead as they are in other countries. And the guy, the author says, yes, in Okinawa or Okawa, mothers talked to their dead aloud freely. Like they just kind of talk to mm-hmm. him, kind of like saying, "Mom, right? Dang it, can you help I me stub out my here? toe again?" Yeah. Right. So they set up a phone box unconnected so that people could go and talk to their. Oh, that's kind of creepy. Dead. I always wondered when people would go to the shrine to pay the, to pray to the dead. What are they saying? Are they yeah. praying? How literal is their belief? Are they right. just talking like, to are them? Are they just talking? Having a how's your Sunday? Right. I had brunch today. Yeah, I had pancakes. I'm gonna see Anne on we're Friday. Sushi tonight. Yeah. Whatever, right? Sasaki. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, right? Oh, that's weird. The food that's sits weird. there, so they place food for them. Right. The food sits there for ages, but it's not eaten. The point is that communication is 
is made is possible. Okay. Right? Rituals for dealing with the dead have evolved because they do the job. After death, there are various time periods when the life of the deceased is commemorated. After certain time periods they have elapsed, the family can go forward. People dressed in black attend memorial services. They are happy, smiling. The grief is no longer raw, right? So it's like time. They've, they've mourned. Right. They've had They've that had chance. their mourning period, right. right. So I think it just depends on how long it takes you yeah. personally, right? So gentleman says, you know, I went to a couple of Cafe de Mucca, a way for people devastated by grief to come together and talk to each other. So this gentleman said, I went to a couple of them. They were relaxed and simple, basically just had conversations. It, because spirituality and, and... Such a big part. It's it's like a thin veil for that culture, right? right? Which is an amazing thing. Right. Like we see it on like channels on TV, right? right. Cable. We see it and we, we're like, oh my God. And you see people running off and right. name a ghost show, right? Right. And you see that happen, so... Or screaming. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So it's part of it. But it, it's such a portion of it, of their culture and their society, that it's very interesting. It's all going to culminate, culminate in, I've got one video at the end. Okay. I'm going to show you. It's about 50 seconds. But Ghosts of the Tsunami turns ordinary Japanese people into her heroes. Yet their voices are no longer much heard in public life. Do you see any positive change, he was asked. Many of Japan's troubles derive from the fact the political system isn't working. All the working parts do work as they should be working. There is a solid educational system, a transparent political system, but it doesn't feel like a democracy. So he goes into some of that. Don't really care about that. Right. But let's get into, let me show you this video real quick. because it's going to pop up here in just a second. Okay. And really, it goes to tell you, you can Google this out. It, it, because it's such a political and the way that the environment is in Japan, at least it, from the way that portelling right. on the show, yeah. right, right? It it made me uncomfortable. You're like, okay, I mean, and it's just their society compared to ours. Like, right. I would argue, I'd be like, no, we're not doing this, and you know, and it's like, that's well, not your culture, though. It's very that's, much that's their what culture. I'm saying. Their culture, it's very different from ours. Right. We, so we, here we, we go. mourn and let go. They mourn and hold on. Right. So here we go. I am going to play it right now. So you will see this cab come up. There's going to be a couple of cabs come up. Okay. Right. And this one's going to come up and you're going to see this gentleman get into the car and watch right behind him. You're going to see it just to his left. Something else gets in oh. the vehicle with him. Right. And this is in that just outside of that district. They're doing it super. Right. I love that they're doing it slow mo now. And it's going to zoom right there. In. Oh my lord! It's right. a chick with long hair and wearing a dress. A dress, maybe a coat or something. A sweater, and you can't see her. She's like the flipping ring. It's weird, right? So there are tons of videos, and and maybe not videos, but there are tons of stories like this. That right? There's one that a woman got in, or somebody got into a car, into a cab, hailed a cab, and literally got in the back, asked him where, where she was going, and there's a little clip here, I'll pop up. And he's like, where are you going? She responds with this particular area that is very close to where the Fukushima disaster is. And it's like I said, it's like a 20 mile or 40 kilometers, something right. like that area. And she 
You don't know. Did she die in the, in the tsunami? We don't know. Right. But she literally asked him, am I dead? Right. And then he looked back and she was gone. Oh, creepy. Right? Creepy, creepy. So there's, you can go out creepy. and you can Google these things, but it's all from that show. Go watch the show. It was very interesting. Wow. But also kind of do a little bit of homework. Yeah. I know it's, got a, it's a little political because I it mean, is political well, it's, in many cases. Yeah. And you'll see that in that show, but it kind of drove me to go down a. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Good story. So, little different. Yeah, different. A little but different. Good. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Go out, like, subscribe to yes, the podcast. Please. We'll catch you all hey next don't time. forget sharing is caring so yep. share 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 cheers love you guys bye yeah.